Hello everybody, you listen to J Movie Talk episode 273 as I'm doing my commentary track for Friday the 13th part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Uh, for anyone who's listening for the very first time to one of my commentary tracks, uh, I've been doing this f- off and on for the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, just something to kind of do every Friday the 13th. And so I decided... Actually, I was looking forward to doing this one when I saw that Friday the 13th was coming up here in January. And Jason Take Manhattan is actually the first Friday the 13th movie I ever saw as a kid. Um, I've talked about it a few times on the podcast before where my brother, he actually got this VHS tape. VHS, right? What is that? He got this VHS tape from somebody. I don't know who the hell he got it from, but... I always assumed that he stole it from somebody because it didn't have a box cover. So I never knew what the box cover actually looked like. It just was a VHS tape and it said Jason, uh, Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason Tate's Manhattan. And I always like how the movie kind of starts off with this song because it's not the Friday the 13th um, music. It's this like 80s kind of rock song. Um, and everything, and we get to see New York or Vancouver, whichever one you want to call it, really, where we kind of get to see where we're going to eventually get to, um, but we we don't actually get there in the beginning, I mean, um, I'll talk more about it as we kind of go through this, but we just kind of get a glimpse of a lot of the places that um, we eventually get to see as our cast that remains once they make it to New York, some of the different places they kind of go through. So I did kind of think it was interesting that they decided to do that, um, kind of giving us a look at New York. And what's funny about it, being the fact that I've been to New York a few times now, they got a lot of stuff actually right um, with how certain things look and in a certain case, you can't really tell exactly where's Vancouver and when it's in New York. I mean, yeah, they spend a lot of time in these uh, alleyways and subways and sewers and crap. But when they're in New, when they're in Manhattan, you definitely know Manhattan as they're looking here now at the um, Statue of Liberty. Um, that's one thing I wish I would have got the chance to to visit when I went to New York, but maybe I will eventually because I do plan on making frequent trips back to New York um, and everything. So, okay. So one of the things about this movie that's always kind of weird and I've mentioned it on other commentary tracks is that by the time you get to part eight, the timeline is screwed. Um, (laughs) The timeline makes no sense. Because if you are going by, if you're trying to make the timeline make sense, this is supposed to be like in the mid to late 90s at this point. Um, But here we are, mysteriously, Camp Crystal Lake is back to being called Crystal Lake. It's not uh, Forest Green anymore. Um, And here we're introduced to, as I like to refer to, um, Kevin Bacon, alt world Kevin Bacon, and his girlfriend here, as they're on their boat, houseboat, and you know, which is which is kind of funny where you have a you have high schoolers that have a damn houseboat that they can just 
it'll take when they feel like it. So clearly these were relatively rich kids because, you know, no regular kids were going to have no freaking houseboat like this. But, um, yeah, we get this whole introduction with these two characters and they just happen upon Crystal Lake um, and everything. And, of course, we got the, yeah, it's about to go down, basically, um, and everything, which... It's ironic because I'm actually watching the um, the special edition version, so it looks great in this HD. Everything looks clear, especially this underwater scene. I mean, it looks very clear. Um, I know on the on the original DVD, the water looks real murky, but here it looks really clear. So uh, we get somewhat of a recap of. You know previous installments here as Jimmy begins to tell his girlfriend Susie about the history of Camp Crystal Lake and the murders that happened there and everything and it's it's funny like how it is a very known thing about what went on there back in the day with Mrs. Voorhees all the way back in the first one and then even with Jason doing a lot of the killings over the years and how it went from being Camp Crystal Lake to Cramp Forest Green to back to being Camp Crystal Lake and somehow this place is mysteriously still open which I'm like if this happened in real life there's no way in hell this place would still be open um of course you get Jason where he's supposed to have drowned but clearly he didn't drown because he came back and he was some dude running around the woods in a damn sack over his head and then by the time you get to part 4 he becomes something otherworldly um and everything so mysteriously so previously on J, uh, Friday the 13th um, you know how part 7 ended where Tina conjured up her dad bringing him back to life to basically take Jason down to the bottom of there he is there entrapped in this thing that um, Tina's dad basically trapped Jason down underwater in and somehow once again, Jason is brought back by the power of electricity. Um, there it goes, it breaks, and of course, Jason is right there on top of it. Look at me. It's like he's like Frankenstein's monster. You know, he comes back to life and and everything. And I don't care how many times I've seen this movie, I will always swear up and down by this that when he breaks his chains and comes back to life, if you listen real closely. As the chains are falling back to the water. I swear you hear Jason laugh. It's like him laughing as he's going coming back up to the surface. Look at Susie. She's scared to death. Telling Jimmy go look and check it out. Yeah right there when the chains are Ha 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 ha. And it's like. Yeah that's him laughing. Like what the hell. Like he's happy to be back. And look at it. Just. He's basically the toxic Avenger at this point. Um. And later on in the movie, he basically is the toxic Avenger. Um, but Jimmy isn't nowhere to be found. Look at Susie. She's scared to death. Oh, will you come back? It's cold. Look at her. I mean, she really do look scared to death. I mean, at, at some point, this girl doesn't seem like she's acting. Um, she really do look like she's scared for her life here. But, um, And it's kind of interesting, too, that we get this whole extended scene with these two characters who we never see again you know of course we never see him again after this because Jason kills him but still 
Um, we the first what ten ten minutes or so of this movie is is their movie, and there is with the mask stab, and she really did thought she was dead, and then it's like ah the retractable blade, and she's like what the fuck. And look at, look at, he takes off the mask. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah, it's a joke. Got you good, Susie. Yeah, yeah, it's all funny games. Like, really, this is this is what you do? This is what this is what gets your girl turned? This is what turns your girl on? Like, like you jumping out with a damn hockey mask and fake stabbing her? Like, that, that's what gets you off, I guess? I don't know. These people are weird. Jason comes in, gets the mask. And it's like, oh, you so so you think it's, it's, it's cool to be me? Well... I'll show you. Let me get this little spear gun right here. And I know Jason smelled like hell. I mean, he was down under that water for who knows how long. Over a decade, probably, because he just filthy at this point. And here we have Kane Harder, of course. His back is Jason. This is his second um, go-around as Jason. Um, I know a lot of people are huge fans of Kane Harder as Jason um, and everything. I mean... I am a fan of Kane Harder's Jason, but I tell anybody that part three and four, Richard Brooker and Ted White are my personal favorites of Jason. Um, CJ Graham part six is also pretty dope, too. But I mean, Kane Harder is is very good. It's just that he unfortunately plays Jason in some of the lesser movies of the franchise. Um, and they're thinking, oh, Stabs him with a spear gun like you motherfucker. How does it feel to try to be me? Look at you now. And then there's Jimmy like, oh, I'm, blood. Oh, I'm dying. Oh, Susie. Oh. Now, I don't know. Maybe she couldn't swim or something. But if that was me, I'm diving off that boat and I'm swimming ashore and, and running for my life. I'm not, I'm not going to do what she did because... I mean, this is like the goofiest thing ever. Like, oh, well, let me hide on the boat and in somewhere where I have no way to get out if he happened to find me. She's just sitting there looking like, oh, please, I hope he's gone. And she's just sitting there just cool and calm and everything. And I mean, Kane Hart is an imposing man. I mean, look at him. He, he, he's a big he's a big dude um, and everything. And she just, oh, oh hope, hope he doesn't come back. Hope leaves. And it's funny like how Jason is like he's very smart. Even though he's the undead, he's he's very smart and calculating and everything. She's just sitting there, look at her. She just oh, what it is, what it is. And then he opens up and she's like, No, no. Which is it's almost kind of funny. Like, you got no place to go, lady. Like you you really trapped yourself and and then he just, uh, yeah, let me just ease this thing down here and everything. And she's just freaking out, having a stroke and a stab. And that's the end of Susie. So Jim and Susie get taken out real quick. And, yep, she's dead. And he's like, well, my job is done. Good night, Susie. So she's dead. So now we are, uh, we're introduced to Rennie, uh, played by Jensen Daggett. And I'm not going to lie, when I was a kid, I actually did kind of have a little crush on her um, and everything. And I felt like, I mean, I've seen her in this and she was in 
Um, a few other things. I remember she shows up in uh, Major League Three or uh, Back to the Minus playing Scott Bakula's girlfriend. But um, yeah, she didn't really do too much and and everything. But I don't know. She always kind of had this like she could have had a a more successful career. She seemed like she could have been in more stuff. Um, but unfortunately, she wasn't. Um, it was cool that she came back for the documentary, the Crystal Lake Memoirs and everything. She talks about this movie and stuff like that. But, you know, no, she just kind of had this, uh, you know, girl next door type of vibe to her. And I said she was cute. Oh, there's the there's the houseboat. So it makes me wonder, OK, was was Jason driving this freaking boat like Jason know how to drive a boat or something? Look at the deckhand. He's like, what the fuck? So this decade, he's kind of sees everything that's kind of going on, and nobody, nobody believes, you know, anything that he say later on in the movie. And here comes the absolute worst character of, of the franchise, probably, good old Uncle Charles, Ugh, Charles McCullough, Skip Bayless, as I like to refer to him as. He just look at him, just, and he's talking about Jim, Jim and Susie, and everything. They didn't show up. Hmm. I wonder why they didn't show up because they did. But um, he's all about all oh, your five minutes are already. Oh, someone else is coming. He looks. Why does he look so furious about the fact that Rena is his niece at this at, at the same time now? But he looks furious about the fact that she's there. Look at look at him. He's like, Ugh, what the hell are you doing here? So he looks like what the hell is wrong with you, man? She's like, how you Uncle Charles? And he's looking like what the fuck. Like, why'd you bring her? You should have never brought her here. Yeah. And, well, I'll tell you this much. This lady, she she wasn't giving him, you know, she was tired. Of, she was over his shit right from the beginning. The ship hasn't even taken off yet. So I like that she, you know, she kind of gave him a lot of lip. Like, I'm not a legal guardian. End of discussion. Like, no, it's just the beginning. Look at her. She, he ain't know how to deal with that. She's a strong woman. He's like, oh, shit, I got to deal with her, too. Like, oh, great. So, here's um, Sean, played by Scott Reeves, who um probably best known for being on Young and the Restless. Yes, I remember watching Young and the Restless when he was on there. I used to watch it with my grandmother, so I know who the hell he was um, and everything. And Sean's like, he's just a regular high school kid. Like, I, I just want to want to be out here with my friends. And his dad, who's the captain... You know, and something old and something new, like you know, sexting. Now they got this thing working with computers and nonsense. Well, I'm let my son. Um, I'm gonna let my son handle this. And boy, I don't know. I don't have any kids, but at the same time, his dad just was furious for no damn reason. Because Sean makes one little mistake and the dad flies off the handle. Aren't you forgetting something? Uh, I, I don't know. What, what, what am I forgetting? Dad fears. Pulls that horn. Like, you gotta let the maritime signal, son. Like, you gotta let everybody know it. And then you gotta broadcast and let everybody know we on way. Sean, like, man. I'm gonna do this shit. And then dad and Sean like I'm out. Damn. 
Dad can't understand why Sean don't want to. It's like, man, I ain't trying to follow in your footsteps. And here come Jason popping up. And nobody sees this man get on the ship at all. I mean, I think the deckhand sees him, but, you know, deckhand see everything. But yeah, here it is. The crazy Ralph. This voyage is doomed. Sean, like, yeah, tell me about it. Dude, like, buddy, like, no, nah, man, for real. Like, like you, you see what I saw. Shoot. So everybody, you know, they going off. Like, yeah, we'll see you in New York. It's like, yeah, y'all ain't going to make it. Now, it, it, you know, it's always funny, too, like how all these extras, they just randomly disappear because, you know, budget, you know, because you got all these extras and all of a sudden they just all disappear. And story wise, we supposed to believe that Jason killed all of them. But realistically, it's like, no, man, we just couldn't afford these people no more. Because, um, I mean, the budget kind of got real tight. And like I said, if you watch the. Crystal Lake Memoirs, they kind of talk a lot about it. Look at Sean, just, just looking like, damn, wish that could be me right now. Turns around, and who do you see walking up on him? Like, oh shit. Rennie! Rennie and her dog just come easing up. Hey, Sean. Sean, like, yeah, my baby here now. Like, alright, everything cool. And it's kind of funny, too, like how. You know, it's almost believable. Like, yeah, they could they they're probably like one of the best couples of the franchise. Like, it's not really forced that they're supposed to be a couple. It's like you can you can tell like there's some genuine like they like yeah they are in a relationship. Like others of the franchise, like come to think of it, of the entire series, these two are. The only ones that are in a relationship when the movie starts. It's not like they're brought together because of circumstance and they just, you know, get together and this, that, and the third. It's more of where, no, nah, they together right from the get-go and Sean do anything to save his girl. And, yeah, you know, I, just, I never really thought about that until now. Look at look at Uncle Charles just coming in. What are you doing here? Like, like why are you here? Like. Like damn, I gotta be looking after you, and it's like no, you really don't. Like you, you ain't gotta really be looking after. Like you know, you decide to look after it. Bullshit. Then you're like, okay, who the hell is this with this big ass video camera? Cause like Uncle Charles, his whole thing, and then we pan out, and then we get JJ, which is funny. Like the riff that she's playing is from an actual song, which I never knew. It's actually. Like something from um, Even though this is like a revamped version of It's a um, A Rolling Stones song Which is ironic even though this thing was only Produced for the movie So there's no actual version of this song That she's playing It's just what we hear For the movie is the only thing Look at it You know actually it's kind of like JJ too I don't know I mean she could have been the star of this movie Look at it Looking like a Looking like a snack. Alright, let me stop being filthy. Um and she just wanna play this guitar and got Wayne, you know, looking like JJ Abrams and everything. And it, and it's always implied like did did JJ have a thing for Wayne and Wayne was just like, nah, I I I wanna be with, with Tamara. But it seemed like 
seemed like like JJ had a thing for Wayne too, and it's like Wayne, you you not seeing the signs, man, but you rather go. And she just shaking here like, your loss, brother. So she's like, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go play this guitar down in the boiler room so I can get this acoustic going on. So she, you know, she goes down there like it. Yep. Well, we see we see the Toxic Avenger pulling up again. Why? Okay. Why is Uncle Charles basically trying to be trying to scare Rennie? Oh, there's a big storm coming. You know. You know, Miss Van Dusen. She knew. She didn't push me into this. Why is he? Why is he touching like that? You know, Uncle Charles is kind of kind of skeevy in this movie too. When you think about it, just some of the decisions that he make, and look how he looks at Rennie. Look, he just. It's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to go down that road, but dude was weird. I'll say that much. He is very weird. She's like, I'm staying. Like, well, yeah, of course she's staying. It's too late. Y'all out there on the damn water. Like, and the thing, too, is, like, where exactly is Crystal Lake where, because we thought, okay, if Crystal Lake is in New Jersey, it seemed like, okay, it's a lake, so... Where exactly are they coming from here? Are they in Van- were they in Vancouver? Like it's never explained exactly where where exactly they are coming from. And how did Jim and Susie's boat get out of Camp Crystal Lake? Because we have always known that it is enclosed and everything, but apparently there's a there's a channel that takes you out of Crystal Lake and takes you to wherever um, they were, and this scene is always kind of because she's playing that guitar. She don't hear nothing. Jason creeping down. She look at Jason. She just all into it, just just rocking out, just just rocking. And Jason like, yeah, yeah, almost got you. She turned her. Oh shit! Screams out. There's the deckhand again. Like nobody else don't hear this shit but me. And she take off running now. This is where Jason starts to teleport. Because how the hell he gets down there. And he has the guitar. He just whap. And so JJ is our victim. It's like damn. She can just last a little bit longer. Like really. They can they can give us a little bit more of JJ. But as you uh, saw with the actress who played JJ. She went on. She has, she has a successful voiceover career. She's done a lot of voiceover work over the years. So. I mean, she continually working. I mean, that's one thing about it. If you're doing voice work and you're good at it, you're going to work for decades and everything. And I I know once upon a time, I actually kind of thought about doing that. You know, because if, if you have a, if you find a good voice to rock with, like I say, you can do voice work forever, really. <clears throat> so here we get Jason being a damn creeper as he creeping in the window now. One of the things about this movie, too, is that it doesn't make sense of why Rennie has this link or visions of Jason and everything. But some way, somehow, she is supposedly connected with Jason. Look at the dog, like, uh, some goofy shit going on over there. And, I mean, we know Rennie had a traumatic experience growing up when she was a child her parents died also when she was very young so she's never fully got over the traumas of that but why is she seeing visions of Japen? 
Jason as a boy drowning in the ocean. And the fact that the dog sees it, so it's like, uh, make it make sense. Dog said, fuck this, I'm out of here. Toby like, man, I'm, I'm out of here. This is weird for me. Oh, damn, Julius. Look at him. Damn, 25-year-old high school senior. Like, just, Julius think he's shit. Look at him. Think he Muhammad Ali or somebody. Then we meet, look at, look at Kelly, a young Kelly who, like, like, look at him. And then there's Tamara, who I pretty much made up in my mind that Tamara and Melissa from Part 7 had to be related. Because they both act very similar to each other. This man just throwing haymakers. Julie just sticking. Like, you getting you getting rocked, but you looking up at some girls. Like, really? Come on, dude. That's why you got knocked out. Look at Boy. And then she said, Julie's the only senior that she would ever consider doing it with. I was like, what? So, I guess... So that line always implies like, okay, were you doing it with college dudes or you were still a virgin? Like the way she says it, like eh, that could go either way. And then look at this guy, oh hot guy. I mean, look at this fit that Kelly Hugh got. What like, like what is that? How you think somebody gonna find you attractive in that fit? And then you got the the suspenders and the cross. Like what are you doing? But I mean, that time is the right time, you know. You know, I will say this. Uncle Charles was fed up with the, with the kids, some of them. And I will be too. Like Wayne, he walking around with this big ass camcorder, just filming everybody. Turn around and there's a damn camcorder in your face. But he ain't had no right to do Wayne like that. Wayne, like, yeah, it was nighttime is the right time. Now, what the hell, kids with damn cocaine? Like, what are you doing? Like, Kelly, see, this is where basically this is almost like an after school special because Kelly, who character, she just wanna, you know, she just wanna fit in and be with the cool kids. But Tamara didn't. I mean, she portrayed herself like she was one of the cool kids, but you ain't see her with no friends. So we kind of tell you like, is she really one of the cool kids? And plus, she right here doing cocaine and crap and trying to get this girl to do cocaine. And it's like, what are you doing? And then he gonna rest like, what the fuck? Like, y'all see my dog? Like, man, I ain't never seen no goddamn dog. Fuck out of here. You want to you, you take a hit? Like, what, like, what are you doing? I mean, like, man, I ain't got time for this shit. And she probably gonna knock on us. Man, she was like, I don't give a damn about what y'all doing. I'm looking for my dog. Fuck y'all. Y'all some damn burnouts anyway, basically. That's how she's looking. So... One of the huge issues with this movie is the fact that it's called Jason's Take Manhattan, but the first half of this movie is Jason on a cruise ship picking off people. And we spend as little much of time in New York as possible. So that was always one of the biggest things about this movie that kind of turned people off and why it didn't work necessarily. But I know watching it as a kid. Like I said, this was my first Friday the 13th movie, so I got a, I always got a kick out of it. Because I, I didn't know like a lot of the entries beforehand when I watched this movie for the first time. 
Uncle Charles, he finally like, what are you girls doing? Like, Charles knew what he was up to. He just tried to figure out, like, the f- like what the hell y'all got to be doing this for? Like, y'all right here doing drugs? Like, like I'm be coming around to y'all's stateroom. Check out y'all. Miss Mason, you, you, you still owe me a project. And she's like, oh, well, good luck trying to reach my parents. So, all right, all right, you try to be slick. Well, when we get to New York, you're going to remain on board while your friends are out having a good time. And she's like, you motherfucker. She's like, I got to get him. She's like, I got McCullough covered. And that narcan. And I was like, how she know that McCullough was, like, how she know that Rennie told him? Just because he come cruising around? This is what he was doing anyway. He, he walking around just, just trying to see what. What the kids up to anyway? So y'all the ones that's right here in the middle of like outside. Like y'all could have did this in y'all room, but you, but you out there on the on the ship, you know, where anybody can just walk past. Clearly, because Reddy walked past, that other handyman walked past, and then McCullough catches also. It's like so here, which is always kind of funny. This dude. Like, just imagine if you was in a movie and you have two big scenes in the movie, but your face is never seen clearly because the first scene you got on a, you got on headgear and you're getting punched in the face, so can't really see you too good. And then the second scene, don't even see your face at all because you're laying on a damn bench with a towel on and Jason comes in, grabs one of these sauna rocks. It's just hot as hell and then shoves it right into your damn stomach. I mean, look at Jason. He really is the goddamn toxic convention. So why did dude think it was Julius? Uh, uh, yeah, he got some acid burn. Like, yep. That's the end of you, buddy. So, it's it's kind of funny too. Like, Rennie, she's afraid of water and everything because of her growing up and stuff like that. Tamara being the little piece of crap that she is. Now, I mean, this is basically manslaughter if, if like, Rennie goes off like damn mankind off the damn top of the hell in the cell. It was a mistake. It was an accident. So, Rennie came, she, Rennie had that dog paddling. Van Newsom throw the damn life in. Life preserver down there. Like, oh shit. Terrible, like, oh shit. Kelly, who's like, man, what the fuck you doing? Like, now Rennie going underwater. Like I say, why is she seeing visions of Jason? And everything. Jason is coming for her. Jason's coming for her, basically. But why would Jason be coming for her? And it's like, how old is she really where she she even knows about Jason? Sean come, like Sean, damn hero. Since nobody else was going to jump down there. He basically like, come on, let's go. See, but like I say, one thing I like about Sean, Sean basically like, yeah, man, I had to save my baby. Like, like nobody else going to do it. Kelly, who like, you know what? That was, that was some bullshit. Man. I don't think I want to be with you no more. 
Like you really just try to kill this girl. You think this, you think Kelly who want to hang out with you still? Like come on, like what are you doing? They're running right up. It's, it's all right, everybody. It's all right. It's all right. Y'all ain't do shit, but y'all want to come look around. Like y'all could have been jumping down there to say that girl. So the thing is, where the hell is McCullough? Because he get him, he come rolling up, and he pissed. Good God! Look, it sounds just like Skip Bayless. Like, what the fuck y'all doing? You know, you're doing a real good job here. Don't even know what happened, but he come in just just harassing and all this. Give me them goddamn towels. Like, y'all get them. Y'all stay away from my both of you. Like, man, what the hell was you? Come that deck in again, good old crazy Ralph wanna be. Charles like, man, you nutcase. You Charles looking at him like kind of sideways, like what are you talking about? So, okay, Rennie's having visions of Jason grabbing her in the water or outside of her, you know, her porthole. But here, okay, why is she seeing blood in the sink? Like, like, what is going on with this girl? And then he comes his hand, choke, you know, choke you, bitch, you know, type of thing. Why is she, why is she seeing these crazy visions of Jason? And then when he goes back into the shadow, you see, like, the silhouette of what we know of Jason now. Like, why is she having these type of visions? It's never explained, like, why she's having those type of visions to begin with, like, what is really up with this girl? Is she's really, is she, is she supposed to be similar to Tina from Part Seven, where she has like a psychic link or something like that, or or what? Now, okay, now this scene is always very interesting to me because, all right, Charles is just doing his job where he comes in by like, yeah, you, you still owe me that report and everything. Tamara's in there in the damn robe. Got champagne. And she's basically trying to seduce this man. And the fact that he is acting like, you know, like, what are you doing? But the way he says it, like, like, hey, like, stop, stop. But he's like, stop. But no, keep going. Like, Uncle Charles is filthy, too. I say she really I think like I said, she Tamara and and Melissa from part seven definitely are related. They gotta be related. Cause I, I could have seen her doing some some goofy shit like this. And it's funny like seeing this scene after watching the uh documentary because the actor who plays Charles what he said, like, yeah, he really did get turned on by this. Like So it's like it's funny now watching cause like, yeah, buddy was he was he was a little bit too in he took the method thing a little too far. So he gonna wing creeping and seeing what's happening here. Get off of me! Like, like no, nah, I'm your teacher, young lady. But Tamara had Charles's damn chokehold. I personally see to it that you spend next year back in the high school classroom. Yeah, so you can, so I can see you more. Oh, so y'all tried to set me up. That's what Charles looking like. Oh, oh, okay. I see. Give me that. Come and get it. 
Yeah, they really was gonna blackmail this man. That, you know, this could have been a whole movie in its own right, and everything. Them blackmailing they teacher, and going on from there. Forget about film school ever. So this is where Wayne, boy, he he really thought Tamara was into him. You know, it's almost like that ice spice. You thought I was feeling you. Like, no, I'm just using you to get what I want. You know, Tamara, I had to major hearts for you since our sophomore year. Tamara was like, ugh. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, damn. I was like, oh, that's so sweet, Wayne, but uh, I don't like you like that. But then she ushered this man up out of there quick. I'm like, yeah, get, yeah, 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 get, get the hell out. Like, man, I ain't got time for you. Like, damn. Wayne, you're an asshole. I say he should listen to JJ. But if you were listening to JJ, he'd be dead right now, though. So it's kind of a good thing. Look at Jason, like, oh, so she turned you down? All right. Like I say, that's the way Jason operates in this movie. Like, like he really is the toxic freaking Avenger. Because Tamara's going to take a shower. And who's, who comes a-knocking? Well, not really knocking, but who comes in there? A good old Jason. And I always laugh at the scene that's coming up. Because I still can't figure out if that was part of the scene. Or if this was like a... This was an accident that just... Or that they just left into the scene. Because Tam she sees somebody like creeping in like Oh oh no. And she's like, shit, who is that? Like, who the fuck? So she all creeped out. She just listening. Trying to figure out what the hell going on. And he comes smashing through the door. Now this right here. Was this on perfect? Because she went <laughs> hair first into this, to this mirror. And it's like was that an accident or was that supposed to happen? I, I, I can never figure that out for nothing. So she. I mean. I would say this: the actress that plays Tamara, she she really was like fighting for her life here. I mean, she is like really in it. Like you, you almost feel like, yeah, she really is scared. She's like, oh, but like she really is about to die, type of thing. And Jason is like, he is he he's killing Tamara because she turned down Wayne. Because that's what it seemed like, and stabbing no. So we got Tamara up out the paint quick. So we got the captain of the Titanic here, like Yeah, these kids in for one hell of a storm, yeah. Yeah, you just have no idea what hell of a storm they into. one of the things I've always liked about Jason is that he uses, you know, the tools in his vicinity. He used Whatever he can get his hands on. And what also is kind of relatable to the elements. Because when he's out in the woods, he'll use a machete, use a damn... It's funny, he's never used a chainsaw, but people have always 
thought that he's used a chainsaw before. But he's never used a chainsaw. He's a machete. He's used a weed whacker and everything. He's used a sling blade, you know, and stuff like that. But he's never used a chainsaw, even though once upon a time people did think that he used a chainsaw. Now, this is always an interesting scene. It kind of reminds me of the one of the twins killed from uh, part four with how he killed this dude. Because unlike the twin in part four, we actually see where he actually stabs this dude. It always look like he stabbed him in the ass, really. That's how it looks, but but he well, I think he stabbed him in the ass. Well, I don't know, but um yeah. So he gets the you know, gets him out of the paint. You know, Sean Dad's come back and like, Oh no Like what the fuck? So he rush over to him, you know, and everything and he who did this? Now I would say Jason is smooth with this cut. Look at take the machete. Ah, just a nice slit. He's like, oh. he was smooth with it. So what think about Jason? He, man, he he's smooth with his hands. And it's that slow motion. Quentin time takes you back to like the first movie. You know, the first couple of movies that slow motion. It just don't fade to white. So Sean Dad is killed off. So. They trying to figure out like what the fuck is going on with this ship. Me and my dad know what's going on. We'll find out. So the fact that Jason props the Jason is a sick sick individual. So he'll prop people up and have them in position and stuff. It's like dad. He realized, like, yeah, his dad did. Where his neck, you know, slow. Yeah, his dad did. Like, a ship turned back. Bam. Oh, shit. This is Sean Robinson. Everybody, like, what the hell going on? Sean making announcements now? Something seriously going on. Now, we ain't trying to find out where JJ is. Like, Juice, what the fuck is this? <laughs> You know, I, I will say this though. I, I will rock that track shoot that uh Julius is wearing in this. I will rock that. Everybody come crowding to the damn station like, oh shit. I like, what's going on? Everybody, oh no. Like, got a couple of dead bodies, man. That's what's going on. Like if I'm look, if Sean making an announcement, y'all know something seriously going on. His dad ain't around and it's uh, and Jason. Nah, y'all ain't making no calls out of here. Like, uh-uh. Look at what color. I demand to know what's going on. So he walk in and see blood all over the floor. Whoa, whoa, Sean. Uh, I'm sorry. Like, man, get your goddamn hands off me. You just told me to stay with it. Stay away from your niece. Fuck off of me. You're gonna deckhand again. Y'all gonna die. You're the last one. He's come back for you. Like, what the hell? I, look, I agree with McCullough. What the hell are you talking about? Like, about he's come back for you. Jason Voigt, man, man, Jason dead. Stop talking about that, man. But at, but at the same time, everybody always say that Jason's dead. Jason's dead. But yet, instead, Jason's been roaming around for, for like over a decade killing folk. So 
So how is it that the deckhand is just running around and just being the prophet of doom and nobody's really taking him seriously? Walking courses are not real. Yeah, just wait almost an hour later and see if you feel, feel the same way about that. Like Judas said, look, we feel, we feel regroup and we're going to find this motherfucker. Yeah, he was sound like Samuel Jackson before Samuel Jackson. She was like, man, listen. School's out, McCullough. Whoop your old ass on this boot. That's what's going to happen. Man, let's roll out. Juice right here got a damn squad. Yeah, they really thought they were going. <sighs> That's what's funny about it. They really thought they were going to go out there and do something, too. Julius got the Avengers. And and Jason is damn Thanos. So, okay. See, okay. Rennie's out there walking around. Jason is looking at her and everything, but it's like there is some type of connection between the two of them. But it's never fully explained at all. So it's like, what is that? So Rennie is out here trying. Rennie is trying to drop the damn anchor in the middle of a storm like like, are you serious? You want the ship to stop out here? Like, what are you doing? So, notice that the axe is there. But they only cut back after, um, after Uncle Charles shows up. You notice that the axe is, it mysteriously disappeared like Charles. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Man, you don't drop no anchor in the middle of no goddamn storm. Like, what are you doing? That make any sense whatsoever? I will say this. Charles is absolutely the dirt worst. But at the same time, he did have a few valid points for certain things. I mean, I, I don't agree with him completely. But, I mean, I, I do agree with him side-eyeing some of these kids. And like what he just said to Red. Do that make any sense to you drop an anchor in the middle of a storm? Kelly, who she going Tamara? <gasps> oh no! So, what the hell was she doing to where she didn't hear Sean make the announcement? She goes looking for Tamara, and instead she finds Jason. Now she's running for her life. And I have to admit, like I remember the first time I saw this, and every time I see Kelly, who's um death scene here I mean I have to say she did a phenomenal job with this because you could not tell me that she was not dead because when she is thrown to the floor like yeah you would thought that she was dead but no she actually did that herself again Jason with this teleporting shit cause how is it that this man can teleport like he's literally right there he's over there then he's back here again it's like what the hell Yo, there it is. She look over there. There he is. She looks over there. He's over there. So it's like, how the hell is he? How is he teleporting? Like, like what the hell? And she like, man. 
Like you really ain't got she really ain't got no place to go. Like, well, all right, now he just now he just completely disappeared. Like like Jason weaves in and out of the damn shadow realm. That's what he do. get choked it's like i ain't gonna use a weapon on you i'm just gonna i'm gonna just use my bare hands just to choke you out like just think about that J jason is probably one of the most creative you know super villains in horror and with certain people he was like you know what i'm not even gonna waste my time trying to you know use a weapon against you i'm just gonna choke you to death using my bare hands and then when she look at it, lifeless and smash and that was her that actually did that. He just just went and got everything. Get tooled up. Alright. Okay, what you gonna take? Just say, I ain't taking nothing. I got these hands. They're like, what? Alright. I'm gonna take the shotgun though. Yep, so the Avengers go off looking for Thanos. Wayne ends up down in this damn boiler room. Now, why did he still need the damn video camera? Like, he couldn't just put this thing. He has the shotgun in one hand and the video camera in the other. Like, why are why are you still trying to document or whatever that's going on? It's like, there's a time and place for all that. But right now, it's not the time. And I know he's right-handed. So he has the shotgun in his wrong hand. And I always wanted to, like, how good is his subscription? Because, I mean, he did not need that camcorder in his, his right hand. But then it comes into play because the glasses get knocked off. So... He actually can't see nothing, so he got terrible eyes. Look at blurry, just blurry. That's all. That's all you see. Just blur. Dude jumps out. He don't ask no questions. Wayne just firing off. So he killed buddy. Look at that hole in the man's chest. Yeah, who shows up? The goddamn Toxic Avenger. Big Wayne. Toxic Avenger shows up. He's like, oh shit. And he's breathing hard because that's one of the tra Kane Hodder's trademark. Get that fucking camera out of here. Camera go smash. Now he, now he, okay. He didn't. He needed his glasses to see that his handyman, you know, but he didn't need his glasses to know that that, that was Jason or something because he takes off running. And instead of going back upstairs, he runs and goes downstairs, trips over eight, uh, JJ's um, guitar with the blood still on it. You know, look at JJ. God damn it. At least they brought her back and she got that big ass hole in her head. Like, shit. And similar to. Chuck in part three. Wayne get tossed into a damn fuse box also. But I think this was the generator because it, it goes up and 
it started it explodes and everything and it yeah this is when it really turns into the damn Titanic but how how mad does Jason have to be that he similar to okay just choking somebody out with their bare hands is one thing but how upset was Jason that he decided to not even kill Wayne in a creative way he just said you know what I'm gonna just toss your ass over in this damn fuse box or electrical box or whatever and let your ass burn to death get electrocuted and burn to death so because of that that's where the ship ends up you know getting flooded and then going down basically So again, okay, how does Jason know how to work the electrical, not the electrical box, but the um, the fire alarm case? Like, yeah, the fire alarm. Yeah, no key. All those extras that we saw earlier, ain't none of them around right now. Charles, like, yeah, I got this thing, you know. Let the let, let the deckhand come come back talking that nonsense. I'm a I'm a fire off in his ass. Like like what are you gonna do? And Charles, you know what? That's a valid question. Like what Charles just said. How do we know he ain't the one that's doing it? Granted, us as the audience know it's not him. But from Nate's standpoint, how do they know it's not? He right here talking about Jason. I ain't seen no Jason, but he right here talking about we all doomed and everything, and people ended up dead. Like, nah, buddy. Toxic Avenger shows up again. And this dude. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Jason pulls up behind him. Tries to swing. And, well. She was like what? Like, clearly the axe came from the opposite way. Julius runs in the other direction. Shouldn't you be running in the, in the direction that the axe came from? So this kid. He, he literally Jason like literally playing playing with his food here but it's like how does Jason get up there so damn fast like, oh no ah Urgh. so one of the things about this movie too it, it does have a few callbacks to earlier movies with certain stuff. And this one has a callback to Friday the 13th Part 3. A callback that I don't like. Because Julius is home, homie, you know, dead. And they get yeeted off. Okay. He gets yeeted off the boat. Shouldn't he have been dead from that? I mean, it's raining. Clearly, the ocean is bad right now. So, shouldn't Julius have gotten washed away, technically, if you really think about it? So, Rennie back in her room, she having a damn nervous breakdown. And here she go again with the freaking visions. But at the same time, why is she seeing visions of Jason before he, Jason come smashing his head through there? And again, because of the documentary, seeing it like, yeah, that piece of glass, if he would have kept moving her forward, it would have been a a, a zombie too. Uh, 
uh, experience, basically. Like, yeah, that, that piece of glass is right at her throat. Like, Jesus Christ, so she get that, that Stephen King pen, as it's called, and stab right there. He's like, oh, shit. It's funny he stabs, she stabs Jason in the, in the same eye of his that's all messed up. So Sean come busting in, like, you ready, what the hell you in? Like, what are you doing? I don't understand what's happening. Clearly, we don't understand exactly what's happening to you. It's not making sense of why you don't, why the vision that she has is not linking up with other teams' vision. Um... It's like how 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 is she having visions of 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 Jason? How how is she having those visions? Like it doesn't make sense of why she's having those visions and everything. Like Charles, like what what the hell he gonna do with the damn flare gun? Like like seriously, like there's that big ass knife and everything. And then we come back, and I do like the camera work here because like I said, the camera goes past Charles goes around the counter. So now he's on the opposite side of the counter and come back and you notice that the knife is gone. So it's the same thing with the with the with the axe. Like we see the axe and then it's gone. Because I mean if somebody really was gonna run up on him and everything, like is he really gonna shoot somebody with that damn flare gun? Like, seriously? And then the damn deckhand runs out of him and then cuts him. Cuts him on the arm. It's, it's like, what are you doing, buddy? It's like he's almost proving Charles' point. Like, are you sure you're not the freaking killer? Like, what are you doing? You running around? You, you didn't slice me on the arm, even though Charles deserved it. But still, slice the man on the arm and then you run up out of there. Now the ship is flooding. Man, we got to go. That's That's the engine room. I mean, Sean's like, yeah, this ain't good. The engine room is flooded. Yeah, we screwed. So we got a mini version of the Titanic right here. Because Sean and uh, Randy is basically the roles of Rose and, and Jack for a second. So he closed them doors like, no, nah, we ain't doing that. Like, no, nah, I know how that movie ends. When this movie ends a little different. But yeah, like I was saying earlier too about the fact that the hell, what the let's go. Shit. Like Charles. Not another word about Jason. You hear me? I wanna hear it's time you start listening to me before the guy with the ship alive. Yeah, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, roll up in that man's face, like stop playing with me. Like we gotta go. There is no more restaurant. Yeah, the rest of my extras couldn't get paid. Yeah, they did. <laughs> oh, come old deckhand again. Like, please, they got that big butcher's blade in his hand. Look at Charles. Like, what the fuck you gonna do? Got that axe right in his back. 
So, so I was like, wait a minute. So who did that? Look how he's got Charles is looking like, like, wait a minute. If you're not the killer, then who is right here to kill him? Because everybody's telling Charles that it's Jason, it's Jason. Oh, no, nah, it, it ain't no Jason. It's that dickhead. Well, the dickhead just got stabbed in the back with a damn axe. So who is it? So it's like, yeah, we got to dump the, this, this cruise ship. We got to have our little small principal cat like Jason standing up there. Like I said, they could have been playing the damn Toxic Avenger music and it would have fit perfectly with him standing up there. They struggling. Look at him. So I guess it would have been too much if they would just left Julius dead. You know, after him getting yeeted out of the boat, he literally lunges and was like, y'all ain't not leaving without me. Julius down there got hypothermia and everything. Look at him. Like, get your ass up. So these are our principal characters at this point. Everybody that's important still is the one that made it to this lifeboat. But granted, we saw at least about 40 people on that boat. But them, but that's the only, only five of them that make it off that ship alive. That's, which is insane. It's always funny too how how Julius go from being damn near half dead to where he ruined the boat. Like Charles. Like you could lift your sorry ass on that boat. You, you, now you trying to bark orders at somebody. Like just sit back and just relax. Sean trying to figure it out, man. Like, come on, man. I can, if I can make it, so can you. Yeah, Julius, we know why you made it, and that's for later that we know why he made it. Like Charles, ain't no damn good. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna talk a lot of crap about Uncle Charles from a character standpoint, just for the simple fact that he was moving real reckless in this movie. When it came to his niece Rennie and just being a halfway decent person. So some way, somehow, they've been they've been rowing for hours. And then mysteriously, they finally They finally make it to New York. Julius looks over like, hey man, look. <laughs> Of course, Julius is the first one to see it. See the damn Statue of Liberty. Charles wake up like, oh shit. Charles damn near fell out the damn boat when he when he woke up. Everybody get all hyped like, oh, oh my God, we actually made it.
Charles. Like, yeah, he, yeah, I guess y'all good for something. Look at him, ain't no goddamn liquor. But yeah, I'm gonna talk my crap about Uncle Charles because the man was no. He is like the secret villain of this movie. He really is. But I think it was kind of funny too that okay they they dock at this sketchy dock and everything. They're real sketchy looking. Like like a two seconds off their boat off. Oh, it's a wonderful place to watch the you know come ashore basically. Hey, Jason. So was Jason swimming with them the whole time? That's how it kind of comes across Like Jason was swimming underwater with them the whole time And it's kind of funny Like This part is always kind of funny Because he like It's the whole kind of little meta thing Where he looks up and he sees The hockey mask And meet the competition And then he turns around And he's like yeah him in the foreground And the hockey pass in the background Like yeah Yeah basically playing in y'all face You know, for for my New York friends, I don't know, would y'all feel offended by this scene because it's almost implying like, yeah, y'all not even off the boat like ten minutes and y'all already getting robbed, like, like really? And these dudes, so okay, it's one thing to rob the people, but then you gonna take you take Rennie too, like. So y'all robbing and kidnapping. Make Julius. Julius probably thinking like, man, if y'all didn't have no damn guns, I'd tune y'all ass up. But, but it ain't no big deal because, shoot. I, and they got the gun on Julius. Why ain't got the gun on McCullough? I guess. But I guess Julius is more threatening though. So, but it was wrong for this. Like, why you trying to shoot the damn dog? Like, like they wrong with you. <laughs> I just realized Julius was looking at that buddy like, yeah, drop that pistol and see what happened. Cause he's staring him down the whole time. He's like, yeah, drop that gun and see what happened. You follow me? You follow us? Blow your head off, Brindy. Man, let's go get him. Hey, no, wait a minute. She was like, "Hey, man, get your goddamn hands off me." She was with Julius wanted to fire up on Charles for whatever reason. He's basically like, "Give me a reason." Hey, Sean, Sean, like, no, nah, I gotta get my baby back. Like y'all, y'all just don't understand. And and he snatched off a chain and threw it on the ground too. No, I gotta get my girl back. So okay, so this part of the movie has always been one that stuck out with me because I don't know if they were doing this on purpose or if it just came across like this. But okay, clearly these dudes were about to rape Rennie. And Jason shows up and saves Rennie's life. For a few minutes of the movie, Jason is the freaking hero. If you really, th- if you really think about it, Jason is the hero. 
for like a good five minutes of this movie. Shooting up with that with that stuff. Cause I always say this. After everything that we see of what Rennie see later on is basically the product of her being, you know, high and everything. So it's like how much of that can we really take true, especially if we're supposed to be seeing the movie through through her eyes, basically. It can be smooth and they can be rough. Good grief. So. Buddy was really planning on raping Rennie. And like I said. Jason is. Becomes like the hero for like two. Like for five minutes of the movie. Because he stabs Buddy through and through the back with a freaking needle and, and managed to get it all the way through his chest. So that's, that tells you how hard he stabbed this dude. But he say, who are you? Nah, you just see dude just cute your best, cute your friend, but you right here, who are you? Now if I'm shooting a dude and he not going down, yeah, let me get closer. He just take Buddy and just slam his head through the pipe. Pow. And Rennie finally gets away. He's like, wait. No, I just helped you out. I just gave you some help. And he kind of get that nod like, yeah, I, I saved you, girl. But I got to follow you. Okay. So... Probably one of the most infamous scenes of this movie is about to come up because for some reason Julius is off on his own and they decide that we got to get this fight um, between between Jason and Julius. Now, in the from what I red and everything and also the Crystal Lake memoirs because the budget for the movie wasn't how it was supposed to be. This fight scene was supposed to either take place in in Madison Square Garden inside of a real boxing ring or on the streets of Manhattan but because of the budget and they couldn't get what they needed it ends up taking place on this rooftop. Now I can go into all about the tropes of how black people are handled in horror movies, but this definitely is like a top 10 of most ridiculous things of what happens with black folks in horror movies. Because why does Julius have to try to box this man? And he's punching him in a mask. Like, take off the mask in boxing. And Jason's just taking the punches. Jason, Jason basically rope a dose. Tire makes him tire himself out. Because look at it. Because he ain't. He's not throwing like jabs or anything. He's just throwing straight haymakers. Knocking trying to knock out. But it's like, how you gonna knock out somebody that got on a freaking mask? Body shot, body shot. Why hit him in the body like that ain't gonna work? Jason's just taking just eating the punches. Look at Jason just eating him. Like, yep, come on. He's like, yeah, come on. 
And I remember on Twitter, like, somebody posted this, and I, and I had somebody else, like, putting the Rocky music to this. So it's like, anytime I see this scene now, I hear the. Just tired itself out, just throwing straight haymakers, pushing triangle the whole damn time. Like, what are you doing? Just swinging, knuckles bloody. But like he, had, but and the thing is, he got Jason at a disadvantage. Got this man like, like just swinging now. Jerry's like, man, fuck it. Take your best shot. <laughs> All right. Not this hit. Boy, that's some killer instinct type stuff, and then fall down the damn trash can. But if that knockout punch ain't, ain't like something from Killer Instinct, I don't know if anybody who's listening remember that game, Killer Instinct. But that's what it kind of reminds me. Plus, you can fight on the rooftops in that game, too. Rennie's just out here spinning. She don't know where she at. Like it's easy seeing like quadruple. Like Rennie's all messed up. She just walking. So, like I said, at, at this point, everything that we see after the movie, when it comes to her, the visions that she's having, clearly she was having those visions before she got got high. So before she got stoned, she was having these weird visions. After now, she's even more subject, subtle to. The visions because of the drugs that she owns. So I, I take everything that I saw that we see before now, take it as take it with a grain of salt. Everything that we see after, I should say. Cop pull out, he about to shoot. Damn teacher Charles, he had it like he got damn Sam Luth. Nah, she good. She with me. She one of the good ones. Randy, thank God. I wasn't coming to get you, but thank God Sean went and found you. That's basically how he acting. Charles can't understand why she don't want to be around him. Maybe because you weren't such an asshole. Like, really saw him. Like, what you talking about? Jake, man, it's all these nonsense about Jason. So they get into this police car. And again, they really do Julius dirty once again. Because why do we need to see his severed head in the in the back? Well not in the back, but in the front seat of this of this uh this movie. We need to, we need to see all that. Jason comes out. Snatches buddy So Charles is seeing Jason now So he can't say Oh he don't exist or Who the hell is that That just jumped out The damn alley Rennie thinking on her feet So you know what Okay How the hell was Jason right there Rennie takes off driving Like she down Burt Reynolds and White Lightning Here's Jason Ooh. Laying on his back, she hit that corner. Now, clearly, this is a part of the hallucination and her being high, cause it's all in slow motion. Ugh, look at that makeup! Bam, smash right into the damn wall. 
So, okay, it's weird. Like, how the hell the teacher lady, how, how does she not make it when her and Charles are in the back scene? Shouldn't both of them been knocked out, but somehow she got knocked out and then the car explodes, so she, of course, is dead. So somehow this puddle is almost like it's almost like some Game of Thrones type stuff where she's looking into the fire and we get this whole flashback sequence to when she was real young and Uncle Charles has her out at Crystal Lake and he's the one that's probably teaching her how to swim but he ends up throwing her ass overboard. Cause they even back this show is like Charles ain't, ain't ain't no good. Like the man was trash for a long time now, and he's the one who put it in Rennie's head about the whole Jason Voorhees thing. So we can thank Uncle Charles for why Rennie is screwed up the way she is when it comes to about Jason Voorhees. But yet and still, when never somebody would say Jason or she say Jason, first thing he yelling. That's preposterous. He's dead. You know, all that nonsense. Yes. Oh, yes, he is. He's indeed at the bottom of his lake. Notice that Uncle Charles has on um, Mrs. Voorhees sweat in his flashback, too. Which is kind of funny, like, there's a few people throughout the series who wears the Mrs. Voorhees sweater. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, to point them out. And it's, you know, it's like, even though it's all different directors, but each director in their own way pay homage to Betsy Palmer's Mrs. Voorhees by having a character wear the same pattern sweater that she wore. Jesus, look at you. It's like, oh my God, look at and she's seeing all this while she's looking at the fire. So it's like it helped her remember. Jason's still over there boiling. Randy like, yeah, I might be I might be high as shit, but but I remember this though. She's like, you Like, you push me in that goddamn lake. What? That's a hell of a way to try to tease somebody, Charles. Like, what are you doing? You almost killed me, motherfucker. Like, I pulled you out. I saved your life. Like, you, Sean. You son of a bitch. Sean been wanting to say that whole damn movie. You son of a bitch. Damn. You pushed in the garbage. I'm like you stay the hell away from her. Like every time you be around her, all the bad shit happen. Uh oh, Toxic Avengers back, 
And it's like he came back because somebody did Renny wrong. Like Charles, like, wait a minute. Can't be. Like, man, you can't. How the hell are you alive? So Charles take off running. So Charles is about to do um, a damn do. Well, basically about to have a reenactment of the Undertaker throwing mankind off the top of the cage because, boy, he come out there with a fast. So I'm like, oh. Just like, yeah, you just stay right there. I'll be down there in a second. So Jason moved real fast, though. Cause, ah, ah, like, I was just playing. Ugh. And this scene here is always ridiculous. You don't know what the hell. You know it's some, some grimy stuff, but you don't know exactly what it is. Toxic shit. Cause all green, so you know he, you know when they pulled his body out of here, he was probably just a damn skeleton at that point. And you, you know it's clearly a stunt though at this point. Cause look at look at the socks, like you really believe Charles walking around some tube socks. So at this point now it's just Rennie and Sean left. Everybody else is gone. Sean find Rennie sitting on his filthy ass couch. It's funny that all this is happening after Rennie, you know, got basically got injected and got stoned. Not on her own validity, but the fact that it happened. So she just trying to figure things out, basically. And she probably just trying to figure out cable. Okay, like what is going on with me but at the same time I'm high so I can't really function at 100% but I'm trying to figure I'm getting all these memories coming back to me so she's just kind of all over the place at this point and what's funny about this scene too is like this part allows you know them to kind of just slow down for a second and it's like right when we feeling like okay, we we slowing down for a hot little minute. Surprise! Jason come through the trash like the damn Kool Aid man. Yeah, we back on and running. So now we we are coming out of the sewers, well not the sewers, but the alley, the back alleyways, and and all that good stuff. And we making our way ever so slowly to New York. Well, Manhattan, I should say. And it's funny, like, here we are. We're starting to get a lot of those scenes that we got from the beginning in the opening montage. We're actually getting our our leads, you know, going through them. And now they're on the train. And I must admit, the New York trains are very much like this. And it wouldn't be too far-fetched if somebody like Jason Voorhees was roaming on the trains and nobody would bat an eye. Because it's clear what these people do here. Like, like yeah, we don't see dude. It's like they see him, but it's like, ah, it's New York. We see a lot of strange stuff on the trains. Ha-ha! 
But I know one thing. This is like the only time you see Jason Furious after when Sean pulled his fire alarm and he go falling back. He get up and he's so furious. Like, motherfucker. Look at this. <laughs> uh, and he do that cool, like, little slow stroll. But it's like, see, because Jason is a different type of killer. Because he could have killed a bunch of the people on this train. But he don't. Like, man, y'all, if y'all just in my way, I'm going to shoulder check you. Sean come out of nowhere with a Jeff Hardy maneuver. Watch that third rail. It'll be fun somebody put something together and have Jason be like um, Gavin Ross. That fire, I was born of this. You know, in Jason's case, electricity, I was born of this. It's over. We'll never see that guy again. <laughs> Boy, so... Now they they finally made it to Manhattan, and it's crazy. Like this is 1989, but Manhattan has not changed so much since that time frame. Cause when this last time when I went to Manhattan, walked down the streets, walked past here a few times, and yeah, that's how it looked. So it's like, even though they cleaned it up a lot, which they did, they cleaned up a lot of stuff, but it virtually still looks the same. I was like, yeah, we made it to Manhattan. Just you and I. So everybody thinking like, yeah, the movie should be over at this point, right? Wait, wait, wait. Why is the movie still going on? Kane just standing up furious. So Randy looking around. And she's like, wait a minute. I know that ain't who I think it is. Wait. Oh my God. They looking like how the fuck is he still alive? It's funny how they be running at, at top speed, but did you walk? Ugh. They say enough of this damn grunge shit. You did me, slime bag. He's like, man, I ain't got time for y'all kids. I'm just gonna show y'all this real quick. <laughs> it's almost like Jason turned around, like, yeah, I got the ass. So any indication that this is not New York, just listen to how this woman says, welcome to New York. 
clearly we're in Canada. I'm Jason. Like it's like just leave me alone. You know I'm just here for you to King Kersinger. Future Jason comes up and look. I ain't got time for you and you goof. Oh no! Wow, he gets smashed against it. Everybody like you know what? I think I can eat eat another day. I'm, I'm just roll out. So first at this point it's like a race to the end. So the fact that they have to leave the way from where they are. Look uh, look at Jason. Like I got y'all cornered now. Just to get away. They decide to go down in the sewers where Raphael and the rest of the Teenage Mutant the Turtles are keeping feet. So they go down in the sewer. And like I said, it looked like they in the same sewer that, that the damn alligator movies were filmed in. The Toxic Avengers, certain points. Bamford Day is right there walking. So they're running for their life. It's almost. I said, it's an eerie shot, though, seeing him coming out of the shadows like that. Just just walking. I said, he ain't running, he's just walking. It's almost like he knows exactly where they're going to be. You know, I always felt like they wanted either they wanted Harry Dean Stanton to play this part and they couldn't get him so they got somebody who looked relatively like Harry Dean Stanton to play this part because he looked too much like him. Like, what the fuck y'all kids doing out here, man? Don't y'all know what happens at midnight? Damn, please get flooded out, man. Y'all, come on. But it's never explained either, like, how exactly... Jason know where to Oh, Sean getting knocked out. Tape buddy to side range stuck left listen. Man whack. Sean's out. So Rennie about to have her hero moment here. Shine the light on him. Like you didn't get me in the lake and you're not gonna get me here. Jason, like, who are you, lady? So I it makes me wonder like, did Rennie have a plan? Like, I mean I know what she did. She ended up doing what she did, but 
Did she have a hot oil plan? Because if that sludge is not there, what exactly was she going to do? Was she going to continue to run around down there? She come around that corner. Ah! And boy, that stuff hit Jason and he ain't know what the hell. He's like, what the fuck? Look at Man, look. That man look, look terrible. Yeah, but he all messed up though. Jason, Jason, how off of that damn? That's what happened when you drink that wine that uh, Frank Pantanza was drinking in Godfather Part Two. That's how Jason is right now. You know, off that, off that, off that oil. The fact that Rennie had to go back and get Sean, it's like, and I would have left him. Like, man, come on, get up there. And Jason said, "Ugh, that stuff got me messed up, man." So, like, um, like Harry Dean standing doppelganger told the kids, like, at midnight, you know, they flood this thing with water. Every midnight they do that. And it's starting to rock and roll. It's like, what is that? He's like, huh? And he come. And he's like, I know that ain't what I think it is. And then all of a sudden, blood, water start coming out of his mouth, and it's like, ugh. He's like, ah, <sighs> boy. Yeah, he was trying to hang on for a minute. It's like, crap. So one, so one of the things too about this movie that does not make it any type of sense, and I chalked it up to seeing it through Rennie's eyes because she's still high of it is Jason it's like doing just, just, just doing a Jason movie don't really call it Jason but just doing a Jason movie But yeah, like I was saying, like everything that we see with that happens to Jason, I chalk it up to Yeah. Some way somehow he's turned into a great kid. He's turned into a great kid. And it's like what? Like a little chubby kid just just there he turns into a great he just turned to a little great kid. Right? Just sitting there. Just just laying there. And it's like, how, how is he, it's like, was he that filthy that that water washed away all of the, the heat and the gunk and the grime off just so he could get his own show? So, here we are at. So they they defeated Jason, you know. Basically, the power of love basically <laughs> defeated Jason, I guess. So they kiss and everything. 
like, and they see some rolling up on us, like, what the hell is that? And it's like, oh, well, I forgot, yeah, Toby. Toby's still around, Toby. Toby said, yeah, I'll come back when everything, you know, cool out. Like, I ain't got time for this stuff. So the music started playing again that we get at the beginning. And we get the shot of Manhattan once again. And that is Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason Tinkers, Manhattan. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode um and everything i always get a kick out of doing these um just kind of sitting back and just kind of watching the movies and stuff like that and just talking about them a little bit um yeah um i can't wait till i do the next one because the next one is is jason goes to hell which is going to be insane i know that um if i had to I mean, I don't know how I rate this one exactly. Uh, do I want to do it out of five? Out of five um, pizza slices? Um, I'd probably give it a two out of five. Because, no, it is not one of the better entries of the movie. But like I say, I have a personal connection to it. Because, like I say, it was the very first very first Friday the 13th movie that I saw um and everything so yeah I, I give it that as far as a favorite character I probably have to go with Julius Julius is probably my f- well, I want, you know what? I won't say Julius I'll actually go and say that McCullough is actually my favorite character because he, he's the worst but at the same time, you you kind of understand why he side out of the kid sometimes. But then at the same time, he his foolishness too. So, but yeah, McCullough might be my favorite character just because he toes that line of like I'm wrong. I'm gonna stand on being wrong, but at the same time, y'all kids is messing up too. <laughs> so yeah, I go with McCullough for that. Um, like I say, thank you guys for listening to the episode. Um, hopefully you were watching along as I was talking the movie because that's basically how these go you're supposed to watch it along with me and everything and listen to me talk about the movie uh, and some other random stuff might pop in and out of here too um, things like that um, but yeah uh, of course you can follow me on the Twitter at the movie page at the J Giles or you can well the movie page I'm sorry at J Movie Talk, um, that's the Twitter handle, and Instagram for that is also uh, JMT Podcast on Twitter. Um, and of course, you can follow me on my personal page, the at the J Giles, um, everything like that, which I post more things on there, and of course, my personal Instagram also, uh, which is also at the J Giles. Um, I will be back. Um, for episode 
274, where I'll be continuing my Robert De Niro month as I talk the movie Backdraft. But um, yeah, it's going to probably be a little while before you hear the next Friday the 13th episode. I haven't looked to see exactly when it's supposed to be, but I think there is another one this year. But um, But yeah, until next time, peace.